Hello, everybody. Today we are talking about the healing power of listening and being heard. And one of the most crazy-making things we can experience is to have others not see us, not hear us, misunderstand us, make judgments and assumptions about us that are not based on them actually listening to who we really are. When people think they know who we are based on our history, based on their own conditioning, based on the body we're born into or where we're from or what we do, it can make a part of us go absolutely nuts. And on the opposite side of that, when people really listen to us, when we have the experience of someone putting aside their judgments and assumptions and really just openly, openly, patiently, curiously listening and just treating us as a mystery that they don't understand, but they can honor, that can feel absolutely amazing. And an example, a common example of the not being listened to is one that is probably pretty relatable. Um, just a, a kid with their parents and say that the kid discovers at some point that he wants to be an artist. And the parents say, to, he shares this with the parents and the parents say to him, you're not an artist, you're part of our family and our family is all doctors and we've known you'd be a doctor since before you were even conceived and we know you're going to this university and you can please stop being ridiculous. This is one of the most crazy making things that a child could experience to feel that they are uncovering their truth and expressing it and then have somebody else say, you're wrong, that's not what's true, this is who you are. Um, that can feel so claustrophobic and oppressive and it can just make a person want to just scream and smash the walls to have, um, to have someone um, make these assumptions not based on really humbly listening. And really listening is an incredibly high art. Um, I think that in some ways, to really listen, it kind of requires that the listeners subjugate their ego. And I don't mean that in any intense kind of spiritual ego annihilation sense. I just mean that to really be present and listen to another person Personally, I have to put aside my pride, my judgments, my insecurities, my assumptions about them. Um, that stuff has to occupy a smaller place so that I can really be open to finding out who they are, to letting them be who they are, letting them be things I didn't know they are or could be showing the depths that they contain that I don't, I don't know what they are. To let someone express that openly, um, it feels good to be able to do that. 
And of course, I've had many experiences in the past where my pride and insecurity and judgment and all of that got in the way. So it is for me personally, it really is an art and a discipline. And it's it's challenging. It's very rewarding when I feel like I can give someone that that kind of dignity. Um, and sometimes it only comes through apologizing about how I've been an ass and judged them. <laughs> and on the other side of that, I can say, hey, I understand that you're more than I could ever conceive. And I want to respect that. So to really give empathic, open listening is an extraordinary art and it's an extraordinary gift to receive. Uh, I've been blessed to receive it throughout my life. And one of the things that's really interesting about sharing, because sharing, sharing with someone is doing that kind of listening and that giving that kind of acceptance and openness can feel just amazing. Um, but there's a certain kind of sharing that I thought of when reflecting before this, and it's it's a, a sharing that doesn't feel that healthy, probably for either of the parties involved, the person doing the sharing and the person receiving it. And I've been on the receiving end many times throughout my life, and uh, probably most people listening have as well. And usually for me, this happens when a stranger comes up to me and launches into a monologue. And it's like they've trapped me. They've got me. They've held me captive and they just start talking. And they launch into this unbroken monologue and they just talk and talk and talk. And it's often complaints or something negative, but could be about anything. The common denominator is that they are just talking at me, not to me, not with me. And if they ask a question, sometimes it's as though the question is being um, formulated to give them the answer that will facilitate a longer monologue. It's just like <laughs> the whole thing is um, one-sided, extremely one-sided. And usually when someone comes up to me and, and starts sharing in that way, I will immediately get extremely uncomfortable, exhausted. It just feels immediately draining and terrible, and I want to get out. And fortunately, over the years, I've gotten better. Sometimes I'll still get caught in that trap. But sometimes, especially if it's a stranger, I'll be able to say, hey, sorry, I've got something going on right now. Or, hey, I'm uh, on my way, sorry. And I'll just excuse myself and carry on. Um, but I've wondered, why does that feel so bad? Why do I feel so uncomfortable in that dynamic when at other times I am happy to hear someone go on and on and on and it feels good. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that in a normal interaction, in a normal conversation, um, it feels like kind of like a figure eight or something. It's like one person shares and then another person shares and then another um and even if one person is doing more talking than another, there's this giving and receiving, and it's a flow back and forth, and the two people are connected. Whereas in this monologue imbalanced type of experience that I've had, it feels 
like the person isn't attuning to me. They're not checking in to see, hey, what's Miles feeling right now? And even if they were just looking, just checking out for nonverbal cues, they would notice, oh, Miles like looks visibly uncomfortable. He looks like he's jumping out of his skin right now. He looks so disengaged. He looks so checked out. This this conversation I've just steered into a snowbank or something. So the lack of attunement, I think, is one of the things that feels so uncomfortable about that really lopsided, that lopsided dynamic. And I wonder if for sharing to feel really positive and healing and beneficial, it requires maybe sometimes a certain amount of attunement so the person doing the sharing can actually feel the quality of the listener, of the listener's presence. Because if a person is doing sharing and they're totally disconnected from the person they're sharing with, they don't know if that person's heart is wide open and they're just like silently in reverence, or if the person that's doing the listening is completely checked out and is like, when the fuck can I get out of here? So um, a certain amount of attunement, and I think for most people most of the time, this doesn't require any effort. It's just normal. It's just what we do. Um, unless maybe we're really emotionally charged or something, there's some kind of wall up for, for any number of reasons. But it's just really interesting that part, it's possible that part of the therapeutic benefit of sharing in an empathic open presence is also listening to what that presence is non-verbally communicating, the receptivity that it's communicating. And doing that kind of listening, I know for me, it can happen on a couple of levels, probably on a multitude of levels that I don't understand, but two of those levels are me listening to what the person is sharing with me, and then me listening to what's going on inside of myself in response to that sharing, the feelings that are coming up and the thoughts that are coming up in response to, to what's being shared with me, and holding those two things together in a way that makes sense. And I think we're always doing that. We're always holding those two things together. And there's a very natural and easy way of holding them together in a way that they don't clash, they actually work well together. An example of this that comes to mind is uh, if a friend was sharing with me after a hard day and they jumped down a spiral of self-loathing and self-deprecation and they started saying all these really mean and untrue things about themselves, I have this part of me that's very animated and expressive, that when that happens, is going to start internally saying, that's not true, nothing that you're saying is true, I know you had a bad day, and I know you're feeling bad, and I know people have said things before, but 
nothing you're saying is true. You're amazing. You're beautiful. People love you. That's just a that's just a voice that's immediately going to come up as a result of my listening. And sometimes I'll just hold that stuff inside myself and I'll say it inside myself just to like um, take care of those feelings. It's like I'm expressing them internally and giving that person the space because it may not feel right for me to share that yet. In other cases, I might just lovingly say, hey, like, what you're saying doesn't feel true. I know you had a hard day, but I just want to say, like, on the outside, it, this is what it looks like. It looks a lot better. It looks a lot more beautiful and forgivable. This is what I'm seeing, and this is what I'm feeling. And somehow that feels like it's part of the listening. And again, like I said, sometimes I don't need to say that stuff out loud, but listening to someone empathically, it can be a very active thing. Another example would be that if I was with a friend and I did feel with them that they were doing that monologue thing, that, that, our, that our time together was feeling really one-sided and they weren't attuning to me and I was feeling so uncomfortable as a result. I was checking out. I was getting the heebie-jeebies. I wanted to jump out of my skin. Um, in that case, I might actually want to just very clearly say what I was feeling um, and it might just sound like, hey, like, I'm sorry, but I really want to be present and be listening, but I notice I'm checking out because a part of me is feeling left out and feeling like this is a one-sided interaction and it feels bad to say this, but if I want to be really present with you and I do, I feel like I do need to say it. So. That feels kind of like an extension of the listening is sharing. Not to take up space, not to dominate, but just to reflect what's, what's coming up. And to do so with great humility, um, so as to not project onto the other and to, to have an openness because, um, you know, sometimes it's the right time for there to be a one-sided exchange. When someone's going through shit, sometimes it's the right time just to sit back and say, hey, take the stage. Don't ask me. I don't need you to ask me to tune in to see if I'm okay. You just went through something. It's time for you to just take the stage and share as much as you need. If you want to know what I'm feeling, you ask me. So why is sharing and being really listened to so good? Why does it feel so good? I think part of it, for me, is to share and to have someone honor the mystery, not judge, not make assumptions, not to leap to good or bad, but to just allow the expression to be what it is, to allow me to be who I am without preconceptions, um, with acceptance, with openness, 
that can just feel so good. It can feel so good. And to do that kind of listening, it requires that, like I said, we really just honor the mystery of the other person to not pretend we understand who they are, who they've been, who they may be, but just to be humble and respect and treat with dignity the mystery before us as it is unfolding and as it is expressing itself, and to honor the discernments and feelings that do come up within us as they come up, and and at times to talk that out. That's part of this art of listening. But to really give a person the space to be who they are and to receive that is an extraordinary thing. And I think I just wanted to give it a shout-out today because for many of us, it's uh, something that can be in short supply. But that kind of open sharing, those opportunities for open sharing and open listening can show up in the strangest places at the most seemingly mundane of times. And we are wise to seize those opportunities when they show up for us. Because uh, they can be extraordinarily rich, both on the giving and receiving end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed sharing it. And until next time, I hope you have a beautiful week.